Welcome back to our series on wisdom through dream interpretation. This is lesson number six. We are halfway through this course. Uh, Today's lesson, we're going to be talking about alignment, um, getting ourselves in line with what a heavenly perspective looks like, uh, how we should fix our eyes, when we should fix our eyes, and um, why we should fix our eyes on Jesus if we want to get the, the fullness out of our dreams and be able to interpret them um, biblically and, and in a godly manner. Uh, there's a lot of content to cover in this, in this particular lesson, but I think you're going to enjoy it, um, kind of bring a few things to light, and kind of get into some deeper meanings, maybe, maybe expose a little bit of uh, new information to you. So let's open up with a word of prayer before we get started. Heavenly Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this time, Father, that we've set aside to just come into your presence and to understand what it is that you want to say to us in our dreams. Father, I I thank you for each person that's uh, taking this course with me right now. I thank you, Father, that they would take their walk with you seriously enough to to take this step and to say, I want to know what the Lord is saying while I sleep. And Father, I pray that as they progress through this course, that they would continue to seek you, asking you to seek to, to speak with them in their dreams, Father, that you would show them dreams and even visions while they're awake, Father, that they would begin to see the things which you want to say to them. So, Father, again, thank you for this time. I ask your anointing upon my lips and upon the ears of those hearing. In the mighty name of Jesus and all God's children said, Amen. So, if you remember lesson five, we set some ground rules for um, dream interpretation, and in in part of those ground rules was, of course, go to God first, but do not claim expertise. I'm I'm kind of going to stress that one because it's really easy for us uh, when we learn about something to sort of want to stake claim to it. Oh yeah, I learned about that. And and so you, yeah, do that. Share the information, but present it as you're, you're always a student of the Word of God. You're always a student of what God is teaching. And so, so if you do want to share it, that's great. But present it in such a way that you don't claim expertise. Um, we also talked about... Um, the the dreams that we have that are about other people and remember this uh, most dreams are about the dreamer so if you are just an observer in the dream then that's your key might be about the person you're observing but if you're an active participant which most of the time you'll find you probably are then it's likely about yourself so dreams are truly a gift of God um, dreams are from God and it's it's one of the modes that God speaks to us why well because when we're awake we tend to let our minds wander and uh, we're, we're not always tuned to the spirit the way that we need to be if we're being honest and and so as we sleep we enter into a 
a, a, a whole different brain wave that functions a little bit slower and it's more susceptible to things of the spirit. And so God uses that time to give us dreams and, and in those dreams, he's coding a message and it that that whole purpose is just to give you a taste of what he has for you, okay? Uh, now, sometimes when you wake up from a dream, you kind of scratch your head and you're like, wow, I don't, I don't feel good about the dream that I just had. Um, you know, like, say for instance, you had a dream that you went to hell. Um, you're probably going to wake up and be like, whoa, was that a dream from the Lord? Certainly not. I've been walking with God for you know, so many years and, and I don't think there's sin in my life. But I want you to know this, that dreams are like the guidance of the Holy Ghost. In this, they reveal things to us, but they don't condemn us. So when the Holy Spirit exposes something to us, he does it in a revealing manner. But the Holy Spirit does not condemn. And, and so there's a difference between condemnation and conviction. And, and so it's important for us to get a grasp on that. Condemnation is of the devil. Condemnation, we talked about this in one of, the, one of our previous courses. I believe it was in Counseled by God. Um, condemnation is of the devil. And it puts you down. It does not produce any fruit. It, it, if it produces any fruit at all, it is negative and sinful fruit that you do not want to partake of. Conviction drives you to repentance and produces good fruit because good fruit is going to come when you repent. So in our dreams, sometimes we'll wake up and we might not feel real good about what we dreamt, but it's, it's good for us to know that it's not a condemning dream that we've had. It's probably a convicting dream. So if you do dream that you've gone to hell, uh, you need to, rule number one, seek God and figure out why you dreamed that you went to hell. Was hell symbolic? Um, or was hell literal? Is there a sin in your life that you're... Um, maybe so used to that that you just don't see it and so God's warning you in your dream saying this is the path that you're on um, that's not a condemnation that's a conviction because it's going to drive you to seek God and drive you to say uh, Lord where did I go wrong why why am I um, dreaming that I'm going to hell what do I need to do and and as you seek the interpretation then I believe that God would expose to you what the issue is. Remember that dreams often speak to an issue of our heart, our sanctification issues. And God's, God's going to um, reveal something to you, drive you to repentance, okay? So that's really important for us to know. When we read through scriptures, scriptures give us a lot of information about dreams, um, it's, it's not always forthright in using the word dream. Uh, sometimes it's vision of the night. Sometimes it's things like 
the night watches. Uh, but, but there's a lot of context in regard to dreams. Remember, we talked about this early on in this course, that dreams are approximately a third of scripture uh, when when you take it all apart and you see this was a dream, this was a vision, this is the discussion of a dream, this was the interpretation of a dream, you add it all up and, and it becomes about one-third of the scripture. And among all of what is mentioned in the scripture, there's, there's really one biblical warning about dreams, and it's this, that, that you really should use caution when you're listening to the dreams of others, okay? And, and this is a really big one. You probably want to make note of this. You really should use caution in, uh, in, in listening to the dreams of other people because when you listen to dreams of other people, it may be very, it, it may be very easy for you to get deceived. Okay? Let me further explain that. Um, when, when we're looking at dream interpretation, what do we want to do? Naturally, we want to talk about dreams with someone. Uh, well, I had a dream about this. Well, I had a dream about that. Well, two people who are friends can have very similar dreams. Um, I could, I could have a dream that I was on horseback in a meadow, uh, and, and my best friend could have almost the exact same dream, and the interpretation can actually be different based on the setting. Remember how important the setting is, uh, to know what's going on in our own lives. We have to, uh, we have to be extremely cautious and, and very almost hyper aware of the setting of our dreams because the horse in my dream could potentially, and this is completely hypothetical, I did not have a dream about a horseback ride in the meadow. Uh, this is completely hypothetical, but uh, the, the horse in my dream could represent, uh, you know, some kind of majestic being and uh, the meadow being somewhere still, and I could sit down and realize that this this whole dream of me on horseback in the meadow is God saying, Eric, I want to spend more time with you, like it's described in Psalm 23. Let me be let me be your shepherd in the in the cool of the day. Let me lead you to green pastures. Let me lead you to still waters. Okay, and. Uh, that that could be the interpretation of, of my dream. Again, completely hypothetical. And then my best friend could have the same dream of he's on horseback in the meadow. And if he's not comfortable with horses, then perhaps God is saying something completely different of, you know, this is something that you need to work on. And... Uh, you, you need to be stronger in this area or let go of the reins. You never know. Um, it, it really depends person to person. Dreams are so personal and it, it becomes 
it, it can be it can become very difficult to differentiate from person to person why is this interpretation so much different well we have talked about when we talked about symbolism I I'm trying to remember but if this is repeat then maybe you just need to hear it again to me if I dream about a dog a dog is going to represent loyalty of some of some form unless it's growling at me in the dream and acting vicious Um, but most of the time I take the dog as a loyal being and somebody else who isn't as fond of dogs may not look at that dog in the dream as a loyal being or maybe they could look at the dog even if it's being friendly as you know a, a, a two-faced emotion it looks it looks sweet but it's probably vicious you know so so we have to be careful when we listen to the dreams of other people not to be deceived we have to be able to hear them and understand their their life and their setting but not apply it to our own life not don't don't apply someone else's interpretation to your interpretation okay when we read through scripture especially in the new testament where jesus teaches so often in parables we we get a glimpse of how Jesus taught so that people would understand. Okay, so in a group of fishermen, Jesus is going to use fisherman lingo. He's going to talk about, go on out and grab a rod and a reel, get in the boat, go fish. Let me make you, what's he say? Let me make you fishers of men. He, he spoke on their terms. He he made a point to them about how he wanted them to go and, and make disciples by talking about fishing. Okay? Um, th- there's countless parables as you read through the New Testament. Because Jesus, when he taught and when he spoke, he wanted to make all of his teachings relatable to the audience. Okay? And that's the way that our dreams are designed. Of course, because that's the way Jesus spoke, that's the way the Holy Spirit's going to speak to us in our dreams. It's going to be, and in, in, even in our, even in our rhema words that we get when we pray and we journal, the dreams, the dreams and the rhema words that we get are going to be relatable to us. Okay, um, if you're a fisherman then maybe God's going to speak fishing to you. If you're a musician, maybe God's going to speak music to you. If you're, you know, a a pharmacy technician, maybe God's going to say something pharmaceutical, but it wouldn't make sense to me because I'm not a pharmacy technician, but it makes perfect sense to you, and you can even find the symbolism in it. Dreams are like parables, okay? They, They relate to us because we are the one being taught so so write them out because dreams are symbolic because parables are symbolic they require a little bit of interpretation all right um just just like with let me put it this way 
I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you kind of a parable of, of what dreams are. We say that dreams are a type of contingency plan used by God. All right. Um, and, and when we consider any kind of contingency plan, that has a certain meaning to, to different people at different phases of life. But basically what we want to say is dreams, dreams are so relatable to us because God wants to use our lingo, our language, to get into our spirits and get close to us, to give us something that we can understand, okay? So remember this, in Genesis, we had the perfect setting, all right? There was the garden. God had all of his creation. It was it was great. God him if God himself said it was good, then me as a man, I can say it must have been great. But sin happened. Okay, and so now we live in a fallen world because sin happened. So what is the result of the fallen world? Well, the result of this fallen world is a contingency plan. And so God says, you know what? If I can't be with my creation walking in the garden anymore, then when I put them to sleep night after night, I can come into their hearts. I can I can speak into their hearts and and make an impact okay so in a fallen world which we live in God uses dreams to bring us into the spiritual realm to experience him so dreams are, are not so much about this is, this is not the kind of class that you should take if you want to have a, a physical man-made knowledge of God. Because this class, when you, when you listen back to the life application and you're keeping a dream journal and you're interpreting as many dreams as you can and you're actually seeking God day after day when you wake up from a dream because you want to know what the, what the hidden message is. It's not about the man-made brain power. It's about the spiritual knowledge. It's about the knowledge that you find in your heart that comes from being with God. Okay? It's, it's not about learning who God was. It's about experiencing who God is. That's why we dream. To experience who God is. And yeah, I know that sometimes our dreams aren't very peaceful, but we're going to cover that down the road. But know this, sometimes even the nightmares are a message from God. And, and that's, that's a fun lesson to teach. Uh, it was, it was really a very fun lesson to go through. It's lesson number 10. So we got about, uh, just a couple weeks here before we get to that one, but nightmares themselves, you can wake up in a cold sweat, your heart pounding, you're short of breath, 
And the moment that you say that couldn't have been from God, don't be so fast to say that because God wants you to experience him in your dreams. And sometimes what he's saying is so serious that you will wake up in a cold sweat, heart pounding, short of breath, and go, oh, I missed it. Okay? So in a fallen world, God gave us this contingency plan. He said, if I can't walk with them in the garden anymore, I will come to them in their sleep to be with them. So that, so that he can experience us, so that we can experience him, all right? Um, we've talked throughout uh, the past several courses about pictures being the language of the heart and why these are so expressive. When you, when you look at a picture, something happens in your mind. Something happens in your, in your being. Is, is probably a better way to put it. When you look at a picture, something happens. Uh, when, so for instance, if I look at a picture of um, a waterfall, I'm instantly in that picture. I, I feel the air in that picture. I can hear the sound of that picture. I, I know what I feel like when I stand and I look at that waterfall. And... And it just does something to you. When you look at a picture um, of a baby smiling, it does something to you. And you're like, oh, look at that. It's so cute. You know, it, it triggers a response. And so if, we, if we're willing to say that the, the language of the heart is pictures, it's because the picture triggers an emotion. And the emotion is what is ultimately going to drive us towards God. So you dream. Uh, I'm, I'm going to use the example of the stars dream uh, that I had shared with you a few weeks back. When I dreamed about the stars and how they were so close to my face, I like to look at the stars. And and I, I, I find it I guess, I, I, for lack of a better term, I find it entertaining just to look and see what it is in the sky. It, it, it just intrigues me, okay? And, and so I look and I see these stars and they're so bright. And what does it trigger? It triggers an emotion. Because when I look out a window from my home and I look in the stars, I stop. It, it takes me a moment because I have to stop and I have to look. And I do praise God when I see the stars. When I look at the moon and how craftily it was made, I stop and I just take a moment and say, thank you, God. Because w- what care it must have taken for him to create such a thing. And then he would create me. He, he created these things that we experience. The sun, the stars, the moon, the trees, the plants, the flowers. We, we, we experience these things. But what we 
don't realize is what the image of these things does to us. Right now, if you um, look around, of course, it's snowing right now. And, and so we look around and we see snow and it, that the, the image of snow does different things to different people. Some people it kind of triggers fear in. Some people it triggers a little bit of joy. Some people actually get depressed because it's cold and it's snowy. You, you wait a few months and we'll start seeing leaves growing on the trees and that's going to do something to you because there's an image there. There's something to be said for 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 what it will do in your spirit. Okay? Our dream point tonight is that dreams are God's contingency plan. Ensuring that he always has a way to connect with us. Let that sink in for a minute. Dreams are God's contingency plan, ensuring that he always has a way to connect with us. I want to give you an example dream. Okay, and, and again, this is a very simple dream. I'm, as we get toward the uh, end of this course, maybe I'll share a few more that were more in-depth. But this dream is very simple, and... I work with appliances, that's part of my day-to-day life, and I had this dream that I, I in, in the dream, all I saw, I, there, was, there was seemingly no action in the dream, but I, I, I just saw a stove with a level sitting on it, and the level was perfectly balanced, and that was it. There, there was no action. I felt really no emotion during the dream, but I felt emotion when I woke up from the dream. And and so I, I brought the dream to God and I said, Father, would you show me what you're saying in this dream? Um, obviously, like I said, I wrote out the dream. I couldn't really identify an action. The only emotion that I could identify was comfort and and I uh, that was how I woke up I woke up comfortable from the dream I was not uh, wasn't really feeling anything terribly out of the ordinary and so I I look at the setting well my day-to-day life I deal with appliances and some things you know had sort of started going rocky and and I was focusing and just asking God to bring me some kind of peace. Show me something that, that just said, Eric, I'm in control. And so I had this dream that I see a level on a stove. And I'm like, I don't get it. What's the level on the stove mean? It's perfectly level. And here's, here's it's as simple as this. I come to God and I say, Father, what do you want to say to me about this dream? I, I, I don't know how to interpret this. And the Lord speaks to my spirit and says, I'm bringing a range of balance. And that one stopped me. I'm bringing a range of balance. I'm in control. When everything seemed like it was going off the deep end, 
the Lord would, would give me a dream to say, there's a range of balance coming your way. Just sit, just sit tight. Dreams aren't always complicated. Sometimes they're very simple. But that one, I'm, I'm so glad that I took the time to, to take that one through an interpretation process and bring it to God because it was worth it. I needed to hear that. Okay, and, th- and that brings us to our closing scripture for this lesson, Proverbs 3, five. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and rely not on your own understanding. No matter what it is that you're facing right now, he's got this. He might not give you the answer in a rhema word, but he might just give you the answer in a dream. So be watching for it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you again for this time. And I pray, Lord God, that somebody has been blessed in in this session. Father, I I praise you for uh, the warning that we should be cautious in listening to dreams of others. Father, that... And I pray that that we would listen to the dreams of others. But Father, that as we listen to the dreams of other people, that we would fix our eyes on you so that we would hear them and relate to the person but not relate ourselves to their dream. I thank you, Father, for a contingency plan that says, Child, I long to be with you. I thank you, Father, that even, even in a fallen world that's been walking away from you with each passing day. I thank you that you would have a plan to come closer and closer to your children. And Father, I pray that we would seek you wholeheartedly, each one of us, that we would come together in unity before your throne to say, Father, send me. I want to do what you want me to do. I pray, Lord God, that we truly would place our trust in you with all our hearts and stop trying to rely on our own understanding. I give you thanks, honor, and glory, Lord God, in the name of Christ Most High. And all God's children said, Amen. We will meet back here in a few days for lesson number seven and uh, start the back half of this class. I'm excited. I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear about uh, how things are going, how you're dreaming, how you're sleeping. Uh, And if if you're not dreaming the way that you want to be quite yet, uh, don't hesitate. Ask me to pray for you. I'll I'll be happy to do it Uh, because I know this. Sometimes... It just takes a little bit of prayer and a little bit of focus and and you'll be right back to dreaming again. So God bless you and sweet dreams. Take care.